I can't stand it anymore. Do you get like that with temptation? I can't stand it anymore. Sometimes we just think, is there no let up? You know, I mean, it's, it's, it's fun, this business with the chocolate. But there are times, there are times when I am absolutely craving to eat chocolate. Because I'd like the comfort that it brings. For different people, there are times when we think we can't stand it anymore. Temptation comes. It's as if Satan has got us by the throat and is pushing under our nose everything that we know we have a weakness about. Satan's clever. He doesn't bother tempting us on the stuff that he knows we will immediately say, no way, clear off on your bike. It's the stuff where we're vulnerable, the stuff where there's a little chink of light that he sees, or a little chink of darkness really, and he thinks, I got you, I got you. And I know what it is for you, whether it is at home, whether it is in the workplace, whether it's in the band, or whether it's in the place where you have your fun, where you do your recreation. But there are times when temptation is so strong that we're saying, I can't stand it anymore. And along comes the Apostle Paul and says to the Corinthians, and by jingo they were tempted, they had all kinds of temptations that lot. I've only pastored one church that was worse than the church at Corinth. Just one, thankfully. But the church at Corinth, what a bunch. They had all kinds of temptations. And I always think it's great, isn't it? God's word is so relevant today. Because here Paul is talking about temptation, something that you and I have in common, something that you and I have in common with all those Christians all those years against uh, ago in Corinth. And if we were to walk out into the street and find other Christians, they'd be saying, well, yeah, we, we get tempted as well. Temptation, it is not unique. Whatever your major area where you are tempted, it is not unique. We are not tempted uniquely. It's something we hold in common with all men and women. And that means, of course, we hold it in common with Jesus. So when we're tempted to give in to temptation, we just need to kind of remember that Jesus was tempted like as we were, and he didn't give in. And one of the things that Satan tells us, of course, is he tells us that the, the, sin, the temptations that the music group here at Burlington faced are absolutely unique. No other church music group has as many temptations to face than the one here at Burlington. I got news for you. The one at Clare is riddled with temptation. 
When I was at Littlehampton, the music group there, which was really great, fabulous music group, was riddled with temptation, and all the time they were falling for it. I'm going to tell you, when you are tempted tomorrow not to do the housework, there will be thousands of other people tempted not to do the housework. And when you're at work and you're tempted not to own up to being a Christian, or tempted to steal the the stationery, or tempted to sneak off early, or whatever, you are not unique. Satan tells us it's just you. He loves telling us that. It's just you. You're the only one who falls for that one. You're the only one who's got that weakness. You aren't. No, no, no. It's all common to every man, every woman. Temptation comes to us in that way. And we need to kind of get a hold on that, to see it, to, to put our temptation into a context. No temptation has seized you except what is common to man. We need to see it in that, because once we see it as being a common thing, it begins to rob it of its power. When it's an only you suffer that temptation, of course, there's a lot of pressure on us. And we're thinking, mustn't give in, mustn't give in. And we're longing to give in. But when we see it, no, there are thousands of people out there under the same temptation, it, it loses power. We can begin to fight it a bit more and say, no, it's not just me saying mustn't give in. There are thousands of other people out there not very far away from me, who are saying absolutely the same thing. On your bike, Satan. Clear off. Temptation is a thought that tells us it would be all right to do something or say something or think something we know to be wrong in God's sight or in our own moral code. And there, we've listed a load of temptations that we face already, Paul talks in this passage about temptation to idolatry, putting God before other things, the temptation to sexual sin, where something that God has created holy and wonderful is taken out of the context of the committed relationship that God actually puts it into. There's the temptation to grumble. Oh, I wonder what would have led the children of Israel through the desert. I mean, what a grumbling, moaning lot. I mean, most Baptist churches are pretty good at it, in my experience. You know, they'll have a grumble about something. Well, my lot weren't this morning. They'll be thrilled to bits that you invited me over here this morning, but... Normally, you know, they'll be grumbling tonight when I'm back again. Grumbling. We, we do it, don't we? I, do you know, at the moment, I can't take this hot weather. I spent hours this week grumbling about it, which is ridiculous. It's crazy. It's a gift from God. It's one that I'd rather he didn't give, but it's <laughs> a gift from God. Grumbling. Grumbling. Grumbling, yeah, we know that. And then testing God, being cynical about God. He mentions all those things, because those were the what, things that the children of Israel did. And we have a whole range of temptation 
that keeps coming at us. But we rob it of power when we recognize that it's a common thing. There are loads of other people around us who suffer the same thing. And we really begin to rob it of its power when we remember God's promise. Here is the promise that God made through the Apostle Paul to the Corinthians. And let's just get it right. I don't want to tell you the wrong thing. God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. I want to argue with God about that. The last couple of weeks, I've been a bit depressed. And I've wanted to argue with God that the kind of temptations that in my depression that I faced, I can't bear. I want to tell him, I can't do it. And he says, you can. And when we're under pressure, God's faithful promise that we will not be pushed beyond that which we can stand, we need to get hold of that. You know, we live in a namby-pamby kind of world where, you know, if we want something, we must have it. God doesn't operate like that. He says, you want it? It's not good for you. I'm not giving it to you. So you've got to cut the wanting at source. You want to get into all kinds of things that ultimately will not bring you satisfaction or a sense of well-being or love. I'm not giving you those things because they're harmful. And Satan says, go on, want it, want it, want it, want it all you like. Go on, go for it, go for it, go for it. And there's this battle going on and God is saying, I will not push you further than you can go. And sometimes we will need some Christian character, some Christian character of, the, of, the, of some depth to say, Satan on your bike, to say to ourselves, stand up and be candid, be a man, be a woman, be a woman of God, and recognize that you're being tempted, you're being pushed. But God's promise is you will not be tempted beyond that which you can bear. We need to hear that. God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But, this is the second part of the promise, but when you are tempted, he will provide a way out. He will provide a way out. Satan says there's no choice. Go on, you know. You want to do it. Go on, go for it. Go on, there's no choice. You haven't got any choice. He tells us that's the only thing we can do. Jesus says, here's a choice. Stand firm. Look at me. Here's a choice. Let my love see you through. Here's a choice. Tell your friend that you've been tempted in this way and get him or her to pray with you and stand with you through that temptation. Here's a choice. Share with the family the temptation that you're under. Get them to pray with you and stand with you. Here's a choice. We do have choices. We don't have to do the wrong thing. 
Now, of course, it's blindingly obvious, and I wonder what you're thinking, sat there thinking, what is the matter with this bloke? He's talking the obvious. This bloke's been a pastor for a long time. This bloke knows himself. This bloke knows that sometimes he say to himself, well, I've got no choice. I know it's a temptation, but I've got no choice. Paul says, God is faithful. He won't let you be tempted more than you can bear. He'll provide a way out, a different way, a choice to do the right thing, stand with the, in the right place. so that you can stand up under it. Satan gives us temptation, brings temptation to bear. Why? Because he wants us to fall. Flat. Dead. Done. Condemned. What does Jesus do? Provides a way out, a choice, so that what? We can stand up. Look the world in the eye. Look Jesus in the eye. Look each other in the eye. Look Satan in the eye and say, on your bike. But we need to be careful about this because Paul puts in a little, a, little, a little world of warning. He says, don't get carried away and arrogant about it. He says, don't think you can stand on your own because when you do, you're going to fall. I remember that old kid song, you know, about standing and falling. Ishmael song. Years ago. No, you're all too young. Uh, but we need to hear that we can't resist temptation on our own we can only do it with one hand in Jesus Jesus hand and the other hand being held by the Holy Spirit feeding into us Jesus feeding into us love and grace the Holy Spirit feeding into us spiritual strength and strength of character so that we stand up against it To live the victorious Christian life is to be a person, a young person, an old person, an in-between person, a good-looking person, an ugly person, a white person, a black person, a thin person, or like me, a fat person who can stand against temptation. That is what God wants from us. He's faithful. He won't push us beyond limits that he knows we couldn't stand. He doesn't allow us to be tempted in any other way than is is common to every man. And his purpose when temptation comes is that we should stand firm. Hey, that's what he wants from us this morning. A body of people committed to standing firm against temptation. Standing firm in the holiness and the majesty and the wonder and the love of God. To be a people who can go out and radiate and share the love of God with those around us. I listened to my deacons on Tuesday night giving their testimony. And it's so interesting because they'd all got different testimonies. And one lady was saying, I knew 
There were a Christian couple in our street and they were different. And that's what persuaded me I needed Christ as well. Go out and be different. The way you go out and be different is to stand firm. Not allowing yourself to be tempted. But standing in Christ. Being victorious. There's a lovely little line in Psalm 34 verse 5. It says, they looked under him and were not ashamed. Go out and be unashamed. Go out and be unashamedly Christ, Christ people. Go out and be unashamedly able to look your neighbour, yourself, the world, God in the eye and not be ashamed. That's God's purpose and plan for you this morning, for me this morning. Oh, you'll be tempted. I'll tell you what, if you've really been taking this serious, you'll be tempted before you're out of that door. So will I. So will all of us. If we take it serious. But not beyond the boundaries that we can't bear. And we will not be tempted in any other way than is common to the whole of mankind. And the purpose that God has for that temptation is that we stand firm and look to him and not be ashamed. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Father, in my best moments, I want to be looking to you and not being ashamed. I want to look up and look at you and and have a holy radiance about my face. But I know too often I, I give in too easily. And I guess there are many of us like it. Lord, will you renew our faith in you? Will you wash away the failure of the past? Set us to walk out of this place this morning, victorious, looking to you, not being ashamed. With the holiness of God shining through us. And when the tempter comes, Give us the courage to be real and acknowledge it, to be real and say no. Give us the character, we pray, to stand firm and not be overwhelmed. And when we are, pick us up, shake us off, set us going again. Because that's the kind of God you are. Not one who wants us to wallow in the shame of failure, but who loves us into the joy of failure forgiven and success ahead. Lord, we ask it in your name for your sake. Amen.